welcome uh, everyone who's listening or uh, viewing on YouTube uh, to the Ignorant Ooze podcast. I'm your host, Creative Tyra, and I'm very um, excited to introduce you guys to today's guest. Um, we've actually been having a pretty cool talk just off here before we got recorded, and I was thinking, man, the bro's dropping a lot of stuff. I should probably press record <laughs> right now. Um, but I'll hand it over to you, bro, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm Matt. I run uh, Percy's Vintage, uh, Percy's Headwear. Uh, well, it's actually two of us that run it. Um, my wife, Juliet, also also does a lot of the legwork. She's the brains behind kind of Percy's Vintage. And I'll be the face or everyone thinks my name's Percy. <laughs> so I can be I can be the Percy. And uh, she makes still, sure we can still pay rent and make sure everything's nice. ticking behind the scenes. Um, the better half. Uh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's kind of like uh, we've been doing it a while now um probably six six years as percy's but we've always thrifted um forever or op shop um yeah it's just a, like kind of a better way for us to buy clothes and you get way cooler shit if it's second hand shit yeah bro <laughs> yeah hard so um, yeah that's I, th- I, th- I think that's that's kind of me that's us nice nice little succinct yeah that's that's me yeah. <laughs> um where, so because i just asked you before about the percy thing and if you get called percy out on the street and stuff where, where does where does percy come from percy is kind of caught like it's kind of funny now um we laugh about it so we this oh fuck people are gonna crack out. <laughs> so, me and me and my wife we had applied we were like we're gonna get a dog I was like, set. And I've been talking about it for years. Like, we're going to get a greyhound. We're going to call it Percy. And we're going to get this dog, like, and we'll call it Percy straight up. That was it. And we were like, dead set. We met the, like, uh, gap, like, greyhound as pets people. And they were like, yep, you're approved. We'll get you, like, get your dog, whatever. And then they sent around, like, a lady. And she came and, like, had a look and was like, mm, your fence is too low. Your driveway doesn't oh, work. Okay. Right. Got bounced. And in that, like, gap of getting approved to... Uh, actually getting bounced we were like well we've been selling stuff on trade me and like at flea markets and stuff so we could just call our business like let's we're going to start one let's call it percy's and it'll be after our dog like yeah. it'll be lit you know like the dog can be the face of our our brand you know and we'll call it that and then we just didn't get the dog and it was like <laughs> it was like stink ass and uh, we didn't we were like, well, we can't change it now. Like, you know, when you start an Instagram where you see people start and they just get like followers quite quickly yep. because there wasn't many vintage pages. So we started and we got like, got to stay on brand 150, 200 <laughs> followers, 300 followers in like a few days that we were like, fuck, okay, yep. we'll just keep it as Percy's. <laughs> That's all good. And we'll just like, never, we'll never tell a soul. Like we'll keep it quiet. So I think um, this is like the, yeah. Sorry, the, bro. Sorry. The unveiling of, uh, <laughs> But as, as time's gone on, like, we got a dog. We've got Bobby. He's a Hunterway Cross uh, rescue special from Gisborne. So I flew down and picked him up. Nice. And we were like, we could rebrand to Bobby's. But then we were like, nah, Percy is like, yeah, Percy's is stuck. And it's, it's kind of like. It's in people's minds yeah, too. Yeah, it's not yeah. like, because that's the other thing that you have it and Jack has it. And Josiah is like, there's a name that kind of represents your brand that isn't so much like nz rack hunter thrifting nz vintage <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know like that's it's trying to be that have like a not a brand but something that's a little bit more full than just something that's like 
the trend, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I... now over time, I'm have become Percy. Everyone's like, hey, Percy. <laughs> and you're like, that'll do. Like, it's all good. Oh, yeah. And I don't really correct people. Like, I don't, I don't mind. I like it. It's, it's not a bad name. <laughs> It's um <clears throat> yeah, it threw me off because I thought your name was Percy as well. Yeah. I'm one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And then until you shared that story off air, I was man, that is funny. Yeah. Um, great, great talking point though. Like when people come to actually, my name's not Percy. You know, yeah. To see their hey. face and reaction. What? They're shocked. They're shocked. Yeah, like, yeah. Because also, I don't know any Percys. Like, um, <laughs> I actually don't know one. Like at school, I was like Matt W because there was four Matts in our class. Yep. Um, so it's kind of like cool. Uh, Percy will do because I've got a f- couple of friends called Matt, and that's like people just call me Percy, you know. So you just take that in your stride, and it's not. I've been I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Usually yeah. by my by my missus though. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so you started, you said you started what six years ago? Yeah, I think it was 20, like late 2015, 2016. What was the tipping point, bro? Uh, we got married and we, I've been like being a massive collector of all things. I had mm. collected a bunch of t shirts for myself that I really liked, like uh, some Beavers and Butthead ones, some other random tees, like shit that I grew up that I really liked that I was like, whoa, I'm an adult now. I can afford like <laughs> this Beavis and Butthead t-shirt or like a, for real. <laughs> I can't even think of what else it was, like some X-Files t-shirts and stuff. And I just collected them all off trade me and I probably paid like 10 or f- 5 or $10 for them. And we were trying to save up for a wedding, save up for our honeymoon. And I was like, look, I've got like 50 or 60 t-shirts. I'll just chuck 10 on my Facebook, like just on my, or my, maybe even, because I don't think Instagram had stories then. I think I might have either chucked them on my Facebook or the thing. And I was like $35 for like a Beavis and Butthead tea. And like it sold instantly to one of my mates. And then I was like, whoa, I just made like 25 bucks. Like, <laughs> man, you know, and then I, I sold all like maybe 10, the 10 or 15 t-shirts I had listed. I sold them all like so fast. And then we were kind of like, well, this is pretty sick. Like we just made a little bit of money mm. that we didn't really know we had. Like we didn't know the money was sitting in these teas, you know? And then we got married, went on our honeymoon and we just thrifted our whole honeymoon. Like it was kind of mental. Like we were lying, we had a like beautiful hotel in like Palm Springs, like the Ace Hotel. And we're like lying on, on like our, in our room and we're like, Phew. do you know what would be better than this? It's like going thrifting. <laughs> and we like, look on the, look on the computer and it's like, Goodwill shuts at nine. And we're like, okay. We ended up coming back from our honeymoon with like four suitcases worth of stuff. Damn. Not necessarily to sell, but we were just like, this is cool that you can't find yeah, at home. Cool, yeah. Um, and then we were just like, the kind of markets thing just kind of organically happened. Like we saw there was a market on the North Shore, like a clothing and homewares kind of market. So we were like, let's just try and like sell a rack, like a little few things there. And um, yeah, kind of did that. And then we were like, whoa, we made $500 or like $400 today. You're like, fuck, okay, this is sick. And then the Instagram platform kind of like came out and it was just like a little bit easier to kind of, to. we weren't even, I think like if you look right back to our beginning of our Instagram, it was definitely not like flat lays 50 bucks. It was kind <laughs> of like, these are the things that we like finding. Here's our little website where we'll do like a little 10 drop thing. Like it was never, 
it was always just something that we, we love doing and when you have too much stuff you tend to sell it you know that's kind of what with anything um yeah and then it just obviously got way more as soon as you start learning about like tags years materials mm. like stitch patterns yep. you learn more about the garments than like you just i don't know that's something like i wasn't good at school i didn't like school at, like i hated school i left school at 16 and i like really kind of not struggled to learn but i didn't enjoy learning about science or maths you know i struggled with that but then you put like football shirts in front of me or like warriors jerseys or yeah. starter jackets i'm like honed in yeah and i'll try and learn like everything about them and that's i think the same thing with the hats like i just got one hat and then it set me off like it was the beginning of the end yeah you know Down and that the rabbit hole yeah and it's all just started it's just started from being like interested in stuff that i had as a kid and i feel like most people you'll talk to that sell vintage they do it because they love the stuff from the 90s absolutely it was either stuff you couldn't afford like i didn't have a starter jacket as a kid yeah, so all but... i wanted was a hornet starter jacket yeah <laughs> um and i remember watching like mighty ducks and being like far out like man i was lucky enough i went to the states i would have been so i'm 32 now it would have been like 1997 so just after space jam came out and i remember being like obsessed with michael jordan like stupidly obsessed with michael jordan i went with my grandparents and that's whatever money my parents had given me to go over there. I spent all of it on basketball cards and Mighty Ducks toys. And I remember being in like our rental car, just getting packets of basketball cards, tearing them open and just being like, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. And then like putting all the other cards just like <laughs> in the, not in the bin, but just like in the box. Like I didn't care yeah. about them. Yeah. And it was just like that obsession with basketball was quite big at my school. Like growing up on the North Shore, it was kind of like, we just had like seen, I remember seeing Space Jam and being like, I'm obsessed with this. You know, Looney Tunes was so, was everywhere in the 90s. They like did every collab under the sun. And uh, yeah, I remember watching Space Jam and then going to America and just being like, like blowing, absolutely blowing my mind. And now I think it's kind of all comes back to that of being like, this was something that inspired me as a kid or like something that one kid at my school had and I was gutted. So now I've got three of them because it's some sort of like <laughs> deep set trauma. <laughs> you got to break the cycle very soon. Yeah, you got to get it. You got to get yeah. the thing that you need. <laughs> now it's like, okay, I've got too many things. Now I have to sell these things because you have to pay rent. You brought up two really cool things that I, I wanna, wanted to get into um, and get your thoughts on. You talked yeah. about, you know, getting into the tags, the history of it. And I think Josiah talked about it being like the art of vintage yeah. and you just, you become a historian, you become uh, like deep, like this deep obsession of going down that rabbit hole and researching and researching and researching. And you talked about it, you're not, you know, you went great at school. And it's funny to me because I worked in education for the last 10 years. Yeah. And so if you can find a passion, you know, an individual's passion and then embed the literacy and numeracy into that. Yeah. You can guarantee they're gonna get it 100 you, know, you you just talked about it like an nfl jersey yeah you, you would know the player the player history what college they went to maybe yeah. stats that's yeah. all like learning there bro so yeah uh, that's that's the first thing i wanted you to uh, maybe dive a little bit more into and then the second thing is the nostalgia thing eh? and i think you did you did hit the nail is like those memories as a child and remember your child 
mind is you know the world is so big and yeah. massive and huge michael jordan's not a human by the way yeah when you're eight nine ten years old oh 100 yeah so those memories there and i laugh when you say you put you you kept the michael ones you threw away penny hardaway charles barkley like, oh. <laughs> you just kept the michael ones. and i like i yeah that's the thing like i i i can remember the smell of like opening packs of yep, cards and like yep. I saw recently someone, I just bought a whole bunch of box cards, like sealed boxes of basketball cards. And now even t- every time I rip a pack, it takes me exactly back to the back seat of the that's, rental car. That sensory experience, yeah. Avery, wow. Yeah, and, so cool. and it kind of like, even talking about it makes me feel like I get goosebumps because that's a time I like can, I, it's, it's crazy. I can't really explain it unless you have that experience yourself where you, it's like deja vu. <laughs> almost mm. and you know how when you get deja vu you get like a bit tingly and you kind of you're like is this like where am i kind of thing you know like yeah, your your yeah. brain tries to reset that's and, awesome uh, man and so that was me in those basketball cards and like i even know with the card craze like i haven't gone i haven't jumped back into buying basketball cards because now it's there's so it's such an intense market oh okay that, yeah you know, like I remember going to Sterling Sports in the Glenfield Mall and buying basketball cards. Like my nana would pick me up from school and we'd go to Glenfield Pools and then I'd go to Sterling Sports and go to Big Fresh and get some basketball cards. And that would be like what I would spend my pocket money on. And then obviously as you get older, you kind of just forget about them and you find your folder again. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, here's all my Michael Jordan cards. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yeah, the card crazy, you're like, fuck, they're worth some money. But then you're like, nah, they're worth too much to me. Yeah. I, that that experience you had and their memories yeah. you had at that time. Yeah, bro, that's so amazing. Also <laughs> going to the States and being like, bro, look at this Vortex Mega Howler. <laughs> I, like, didn't even really it's have them. Mega Howler. <laughs> and I came back and I had two. And like turned up to school when you play ball rush or like force back like the balling this kid eh? i was like all i've got is this vortex mega howler like because cards were banned from our school it was like when because people were stealing them and it was like getting ugly so i was like all i've got is this vortex mega howler every time i hear them i'm like whoa take me back i'm always so, like i'm always because like, it's it a turn bro yeah <laughs> and like it's so funny like those little things like that's a a big one for me is like those those little memories and i think like it's the same with my wife she has things that she stumbles across now and she's like i had this as a kid and then we now have a few of those things that we have as a kid tucked around our house so man you've you've um you highlighted something for me because i'm only two, i'm two years older than you yeah and so i i believe in my opinion that our yeah. generation bro are probably like the the biggest sponges of like pop culture yeah and nowadays i I have a i started young as a as a dad i've got a 15 year old now bro and so he's talking to me about stuff that i know a lot about because i was at the inception of those things yeah and then he's like oh dad do you know i'm like oh you mean this yeah and he's like how do you know yeah just because i'm your dad doesn't he like so we i um we're doing a project bro if you can see behind me yeah just a little arcade and we we chucked a retro pie in it and stuff and he goes to me, want to play Street Fighter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Unlucky. <laughs> oh, bro. I go to him, do you just want me to punch or kick only? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bro, he got, we played like 10, 10 games and he 
he won one um but you just cracked me up bro because even though we're we're the biggest kids eh? like we are yeah. huge like, and i can see it in you when you talk about it like yeah the bros like me he's a big kid like we enjoy that shit um but sorry i went on a bit of a tangent there but no that's just... so because it's like um i guess with you and my dad so my mum and dad had me when they were 17 and 19 yeah and so i grew up with a dad who i would have been you know five and he's 24 yeah and so he's like we're watching space jam and he's like 25 years old Enjoying watching space jam with yeah. <laughs> you know and like my music influence like i played in bands like i played in like a couple of bands in auckland and like got to tour and stuff and that was cool and my dad played in bands as well and so you're like that's cool, having man. having that as like a big role model and having like a young dad Shit, yeah. and like i remember sitting down like the thing that i loved the most as a kid is like watching like music is probably the thing that inspired me music and sports like those are the two things that i love more than anything and me and my dad used to sit down and watch like uh ice tv and max tv and make like vhs mixtapes and he like taught me <laughs> like vhs mixtapes with all the music videos so we would sit there on like on the weekend and we're like whatever or like my, you'd think at the time like my dad's only like 25 26 and we're watching all these music it's videos so young man yeah and you think like what i was doing at 26 and you're like bro he had like a seven-year-old yep. being like a menace little sidekick <laughs> yeah you know and i think that's like pretty cool and like i enjoyed those memories and those things that we used to do and having a young i think having young parents is like it's pretty cool and it definitely shapes me to be who i am yeah having like not just a dad but like your best friend is is there and you like the same stuff like i remember him having like some sneakers and being like whoa and he'd be like, you can't, these are like $300 sneakers. Like you can't have these. <laughs> and then like just flexing on me so hard. Flexing like the hardest. Like I remember he had some of those like Agassi, oh, those Agassi, oh, what are they? They're like the, they have the orange on the side. They're like the brush strike ones. I, I think they're like, the, I want to say airstrike, but I think I'm wrong. So someone in the comments will roast me. But he had a pair of those. And I just remember being like, man, those are the coolest shoes like I've ever seen. And then getting to about 14 and being like, bro, those are corny, like <laughs> skate shoes, man. Have you heard of skate shoes? Yeah, like, Osiris? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, straight up. Getting me some like Evandale Markets Osiris. Hard, <laughs> hard flicks. Man, you brought up a really cool point having that young dad. I, I had a young dad as well. He was 20 when he had me. Um, but And my dad was a baller, bro. So he yeah. played pro, pro basketball. So I was around... Um, american import players who i thought were like michael jordan's cousins kind of like i don't know any better like wow do you know michael jordan yeah (laughs) and so i got to see all sorts of sneakers styles of clothing um and that for me had a huge influence on what i enjoy in life now and i think i can hear that in you as well like yeah it is it's 100 percent like i was in like submerged is submerged like immersed in that cult like in that what what my was my dad was listening to what he was wearing like i don't know i would like to say most people not most people's fathers are their role models but it's definitely plays a big part in like a male's life um whether it's like good or bad i think it's kind of like yeah there's definitely things that i take away from my dad and i'm like wild like I can't believe you do that. I do that and it's petrifying because you do the same, <laughs> the same things, you know? 
fuck, I didn't know I I didn't know I caught that one off you, but right, yeah. Especially, like, especially when your mum lets you know about it. Oh, hard. You just did something your father does. Yeah. <laughs> or even my wife will like hang out and we'll go to my parents and me and my dad will just go because like my dad is like super into football, same as me, like soccer, and because uh, like my grandparents are from Newcastle in England, so they That's migrated. Your team? Yeah, yeah, and like live or die. Like, <laughs> nice. I like cried when when they got relegated in like 2009. It was like I'd literally gone to a funeral. I seen felt like red and purple waves just keep going on and on about it. Where he was like just gutted. Eh? Yeah, and uh, it was so like having that. And my dad played football. I played football from five to like 24 until I blew my knee out. But I go to my dad's, my parents' house, and we just like punish about football. Yeah. Like, don't stop talking about it. I like phone him once a week, and we just talk about football. And uh, it's kind of wild. But he kind of is like buzzed out that I've gone like really into American sports as well. Like, follow the baseball. I follow the basketball. The only one I don't follow so much is football. But that's because there's only so many hours in the day to watch sports. Yeah, how about what's, <laughs> what's happening in the baseball at the moment? It's Braves. Braves are I follow Diamondbacks and Braves are my teams that I like. And the Diamondbacks are playing the Dodgers at the moment in the playoffs to the World Series. And it's three games to one. And if the Braves win today, they go to the World Series. And they'll more than likely face the Astros. Ah. Which is pretty exciting. Like I'm yeah. Yeah. I got some family that are baseball mad, like went over to the States and did the whole stadium thing, hot dog yeah. thing. And yeah, um, I, I enjoy sport. I can't say that I'm like a fan that follows, you know, I'm, I'm one of those yeah. guys that follows player more than a team. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. Like wherever LeBron's going, no, 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 no. I'm not one of those guys, but I enjoy um, Shohei for sure. Yeah, I just love that you know this guy's from Japan and he's coming over and just killing it. It's kind of nice. It's refreshing for the league. It is, eh? You know, like the the thing with baseball is it's super old guard. Like there's the old lots like of the tradition, pitch. lots of yeah. yeah, like the pitchers, the the good pitchers are like pitching till they're forty. Mm. You know, like the good ones, and they'll just stick around. And then mm. you get a young gun come in. He can hit. He can pitch. Like unfortunately, he's on a team that will probably never win a ring, yeah. but. I think they're doing the angels are doing like everything they can to like, they've got the best batter in the whole league maybe has ever seen in Mike Trout. And they're kind of like still might not get a ring. Like they're not even the best mm -hmm. team yeah. from that league. Yeah. Um, you brought up, you brought up something about music brand and uh, we had a guest on just for kicks and his, he has three go-to kind of like topics when he gets to, to know people. Yeah. The first one was um, music. So you brought yeah. up music. You brought up, you played in bands. Your old man, old man played in bands. What are your music influences, bro? Uh, probably like growing up was very like punk orientated. Um, cool. Like I played in like, I would guess kind of like a punk punk band, punk-ish band. People, and, people uh, um, sleep on the fact that hip hop and punk have a really close connection. Yeah. Um, and people, yeah, people don't realize it. A lot of people actually didn't realize that connection. Yeah. And then probably like, yeah, for me, like Ramones, Descendants, um, those kind of bands, the, the ones you see on t-shirts everyone has now. You ever um, heard of a band called Angry Samoans? Yeah. Yeah. Mean band. <laughs> mean I've been, band. I've been trying to like. Like a good hardcore band. Yeah, I'm trying to cop some of their shit, eh? Like, but... I remember when I first heard them, my friend Simon played them to me. 
he's like an old neighbor and he played in like a hardcore band he's like if you heard this band it's called like angry someone's and just stayed like fuck like this is mean like what an aggressive lit band you know like but also really good and uh yeah i grew i grew up listening to that like my dad was really into kind of like rock music um my grandfather was really into like 60s r&b like the beatles and the who and those kind of bands so i kind of grew up as a melting pot you know it's like everything and then my mom really likes like reggae and um like lots of bob marley and uh ub40 um and then like classic shit like hall of notes so i kind of like it you know kind of like everything and then probably in the last 10 years i've really kind of like understood hip-hop a lot more and i really enjoy it like it's probably 90 percent of what i listen to now is like freddie gibbs or oh wow um like anything alchemist does yeah that like that kind of that kind of stuff like yeah i everything i don't i don't dislike much you know Mm, um yeah it's kind of fun like if i do a dj set or anything it's kind of definitely got everything in it you know like also growing up uh listening to like new wave like new order is probably my favorite band it's funny like i probably listen to a lot of freddie gibbs and a lot of new order so they're kind of like polar opposites, but they <laughs> that's what my top most played listen to stuff is, you know. Oh, that's cool. So Thanks for def- sharing that, bro. Yeah, it's all it's all over the place, but uh there's not a day goes by where I don't have music on in our house. Yeah. It definitely like keeps me motivated, keeps me inspired. Um my wife probably gets sick of the same 30 songs that I listen to all the time, but I think that's uh I think that if if you don't enjoy music it's hard to explain what well, it does it's, for you it's like your your um your michael jordan cards there right music sometimes has that nostalgic yeah kind of sensory experience that you remember and you're attached to and yeah so you're happy to listen to it 30 times in a day because yeah 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 man um the second thing uh is food bro yeah what's your go-to kai what's your what's your uh, you know it could be um if you're going out in auckland yeah you, you got a variety of spots i suppose like what's what's a few go-to places that you enjoy or is there like a a home cooked meal that mum or, or nan kind of that's your that's your jam so you can go anywhere there's it could a, be there's a few so, <laughs> uh for like home cooked meals my wife's mum makes the goat lasagna Ooh. like and like the garlic bread i often i'm like can we do you reckon we could just like crash for dinner if they're having lasagna <laughs> or could you call her and let her know that we're keen to come over on Thursday because hey, I want lasagna. We're just in the neighborhood. Um... Yeah. And they live in Albany and we're in Mount Albert. Like, <laughs> but you're like, oh yeah, we're actually just, oh, I got to trade me pick up. Any chance there's any lasagna going? Um, like here, yeah, lasagna's fire. And then my stepmom, her lasagna's fire. And it was like, we went there and I was like, oh, it's pretty good. And I had to like really be careful about what I say, not oh, to yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tor- torch my stepmom. Otherwise, I'd be banned from coming over for dinner. <laughs> um, I am obsessed with pies, uh, as like as you can probably tell. Not obsessed, but I'm like I live really close to Muzz's pies. Okay. Um, you probably see it on my story a bunch, but I rip Muzz's hard. I think their <laughs> pies are great. And then there's a few other little pie spots that I like, like hitting up, and then. The whole smash burger craze is kind of wild and i like got into that a little bit because like with going to the states those are the kind of burgers you get over there yep. you know like those street vendor burgers or you go to a little dive bar and they've got like little smash cheeseburgers that are basic and really good 
um like lucky g's stan runs an amazing job out there like if you're in auckland i can't give you the address it's a secret that's what they <laughs> they don't like to advertise their address and it's like if you know you know and nice everybody kind of knows um and then my friend mikey just um bought a diner or not him and his friend shelly um purchased a diner in dominion road mount eden called ralph's and that's fire like straight up if you're in auckland you have to check that spot out um it's really good like great chicken great fried chicken great um cheeseburgers and you can get a jug of lion red so <laughs> uh, it ticks all the boxes um but yeah that's those are the th things like for me probably one of my favorite meals that i like to cook is like a roast like big warm winter meals yeah um always kind of chasing my grandma's cooking you know yeah um the third question bro is uh he he goes like um he uses like the most memorable hiding you got <laughs> oh yeah <sighs> sorry to bring up that nah, I'm, I'm trying to think <laughs> i don't know if i've really no it doesn't have like, to be a hiding like, like just one of those times you're like oh shit i fucked up yeah one of them was at school and it was like growing up for the school in north shore uh, there was lots of South Africans and lots of like um, Pacific Island boys. And I stuck up for my other friend who, I don't know, some other thing. And ended up in the changing room and I ended up getting like choked out. But I didn't get hit, but I got like choked out just because I, I don't know. You stood for jumped. what you believed in. Yeah. <laughs> Which in hindsight, like dumbass, I should have yeah. just like send him up the river bro later you can get your own hiding i'm not backing you up oh man did he, but, did he get uh, your pie after school they shot bro, nah, bro. He oh. didn't do shit. <laughs> we're not mates anymore but, you know i think that's when you're like four, 14 and you yeah. think you're the man yeah. and so i was like nah, i'm a big dude like fuck this guy like yeah bro, stop giving him shit and then you're like bang bang like oh that was a dumb that was a dumb one uh, actually <laughs> on my first week of third form i got uh suspended for getting in a fight it was like a seventh former who you know how i don't know when you're at school you have like the seventh formers look after the third formers yeah well it's supposed to yeah. supposed to and yeah. then there was a guy in my class and we were supposedly friends and he was like you guys should just fight bro like it, it would be mean <laughs> and i was like nah and then that like the guy in my year just like came swinging at me and i ducked and he punched the pole and broke his wrist oh like the you know the like metal poles that hold the like corridors yeah he punched one of those and broke his hand and then ratted me out that i had broke his wrist and so my nana like picked me up i was because i live with my grandparents like going to college yeah i got suspended like first week of third form and my nana was like you don't fight like you you're yep, not yep, in your yep, nature like yep. I don't know. I try and avoid conf confrontation where I can, especially being like a big dude. Like you might know if you're out at a bar, it definitely you stick out, eh? finds you. Yeah. Like I won't stand for someone like picking on anybody, but also being a big dude. If you try and jump in, it is, can be more antagonizing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, your, your uh, credibility in third form must have went up tenfold, right? <laughs> kind of. But it wasn't worth the growling that I got at home. <laughs> You can be the man at school, but also like when you're home, you're still just like the boy that has to do the dishes, oh, yeah. the lawn. Oh, and yeah. you got like your. I think I, my PlayStation was. I don't even know. I I got. Oh, that's, that's the worst thing when they take away your PlayStation and shit like that. I hate. I'd rather get a hiding. Yeah, 
I actually remember finessing and then one time hard out. Because you know how on the PlayStation 1, they've got like the two-prong power plug? Yep. My bed light lamp had the same cord. So I was like, you're grounded, take the cord. And you're like, oh, good. I've got another one. <laughs> and then like come in and like, I remember my nana like busting the door open and I'm like, Tony Hawk's pro skater, like da, 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 da. She's like, nah, give me that. Took the whole console. Fuck. <laughs> like another two weeks on the already two weeks whole month school holidays nothing add on add on to those weeks yeah. now boy oh that's, that's <laughs> up. um very you you talked you talked about being a, a huge warriors fan bro and i don't want to bring up further trauma for you <laughs> nah it's all good like i'm this this is pretty tough i'm just getting like an armadillo i can take it Have sometimes you... i can't but oh it um I don't care about championships. Yeah. I just love the footy, you know, like watching footy. And I love watching when Warriors play Warriors footy. Yeah. And like, I actually, um, I, I don't know if this will work, but I'll show you here. This is in my room. So this top jersey, oh, that was yeah. the one I had when I was six years old. That's the same jersey. And uh, yeah. That is so, cool, bro. So I didn't know. I thought that jersey was gone. Like it's, I'm wearing it in like the school photo or whatever. And uh, that jersey was like, I wore it all the time. Like it's brown on the sleeves. Like I thrashed it, but I got taken to a game when I would have been like six, six or seven. So it would have been like, yeah, 95 or 96. And just like loving that jersey. And we sat on this, like the grass bank and with my dad and it was super sick. And I can't say that was the day that like made me a Warriors fan. I just remember the day. And like, yeah, six years old, you can't, I don't know. It was just a mean day out with my dad, you know? And um, my uncle must have taken that jersey. And then he passed away like four, four years ago, I think now. And then when we were like going through his house or like his, his room, that was like in his bottom drawer. He had like saved it from wherever. And he had just kept it. And I was like, didn't really know he had kept it. Didn't know why. But uh, yeah, so I was pretty stoked to get that jersey back. And like, probably one of my most prized possessions. But but probably from like, so that first grand final run, I would have been old enough to understand rugby league. Mm. And growing up, my grand, my mum's dad was like a big Auckland rugby fan. So I grew up going to like, all the Auckland NPC games, all the Blues games, um, like huge rugby fan, like growing up. And then I would have been, yeah, 11, 11 or 12. And I just started to figure out like the difference between the two. Well, not the uh, difference, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching League and being like, I, this is the game for me. Like, bro, Stacey Jones, what a gun. You know, like <laughs> those, those, I had like probably three idols would have been like Michael Jordan. Stacey Jones and Alan Shearer, like the Newcastle center forward. And they're like superheroes growing up and being like this little guy, Stacey Jones, like, look how mean he is. Like he is Mm. the gun. He's not scared of anyone. He's getting smashed. And then as soon as I was old enough and I could afford it, I started buying season tickets with my two friends, Benny and Callum. And so like rain or shine would go to Mount Smart. And one thing that you can't really explain to people that don't like the Warriors is the mana when you go to Mount Smart. Like when you go there and you're sitting with like the same family that you've sat with for the last four years and you've seen 
they're like boyfriends come and go but they're like core of that the boyfriends or girlfriends come and go whatever that core family is always on those seats beside us and you become like you see them on a sunday and it's just like seeing your family yeah. you know and it's like they'll bring baked like cookies along and we'll all eat a cookie and then the game starts and i'm like fuck you fucking <laughs> like blowing up absolutely like fuck, shit haircut touchy like fuck you you dog like going off like that was a ford pass like losing it um and then at the end of the game you're all like give each other a hug and we're like see you next week like that's the hardest thing i think being a warriors fan <laughs> currently is not getting those games at mount smart yeah um but like you asked my wife like when we re-signed sean johnson it was like out of the blue and i like looked at it and i cried like there was like a tear in my eye i was like jules look what's happened i was so (laughs) gutted when it happened like when he left the first time and then he came back like i was so angry at the club when they let him go i was like bro this is like the gun like this is the biggest superstar we've had at this club like he's beaten stacy jones like points record um bro he's got the maddest step you've ever seen other than benji and we just like shadow on him and we're like see ya and you're like what is going on mm-hmm. and then you're like get no finals footy and all your mates kind of give you a bit of shit they're like oh you support those guys mm-hmm. like, bro it's not even about winning it's like the culture that i like being a pakiha from the north shore Mm. but going to mount smart and you're like it's in the heart of an industrial area in penrose no it doesn't matter where you're from or how much money you've got or anything anybody that you sit around is your family yeah and that's like it's it's way deeper than than competition eh? 100 and i think that's why i get so fired up about them is because it's like i know those people are the same as me like if you're a warriors fan that's the kind of person you are you don't you're not like i'm a warriors fan because they're actually lit and we win in comps you know <laughs> yeah, like yeah yeah well, it's like i don't know I, it's kind of funny like the three teams i support like hard out like suns warriors and newcastle and the three of them have, well other than the suns last year getting to the finals they've been shit for years like mm. um, i could literally pick another team and like have success and be like yeah we're on like we're going to champ <laughs> we're going to champions league football we've got finals rugby league or we're going to the anything yeah. And you're like, nah, I'd rather just be sad, lonely boy because my teams aren't winning. But at least I know in myself that those teams like all have heart, you know? Yeah. Like Newcastle, we just got like a big Saudi buyout. So okay. they've become the richest club in the world. Wow. And it happened like overnight. And I'm like kind of unsure how I feel about it. Because oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's sick. It will be sick to not be shit. But also like it will be feel quite weird to me because we've never had success since I followed them. Yeah. Is that how we want to build this team and this franchise? Yeah. Kind but of thing? Unfo- unfortunately with football, it's like the more money you have, the better That's you are. That's how you do it. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like rugby league, you have a salary cap and like every team you have to like grow players through the clubs yep. and through the things. And like, it comes down to like the, down to the coach and like the, yep. the mental side of it. There's a lot more to rugby league than being like the richest club in the NRL. So that's why I think rugby league is like the perfect sport. Bro, you're the you're the second guest to come on here and, and say that. And I, I I don't want to shit on union, but I'm gonna shit on union. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand it, eh? I've never played union other than like when I was maybe ten. Never played union, bro. 
yeah. ever. And because I, I just can't stand it. I can't stand the rules. I can't stand the positions. I think, um, whereas rugby league, on the other hand, like you get a prop in rugby league and you put them next to a prop in rugby union and you put them in like, um, Ninja warrior. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to put money on the league prop because yeah. he's going to be a little bit more skillful and athletic yeah. and not, not, I'm not saying that. We're going to cop some hate, eh? Yeah. I agree. You know what? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, maybe, okay, maybe not a great example, but skill wise, it's not uncommon to see a prop in rugby league take conversion kicks, for example. Yeah. yeah 100%. Hardly see that in union. And it's, it's like kind of common you watch like not many union players make the jump to league and are successful. You look at like uh, Nana Lamape from came mm. from the Warriors straight to the Canes, mm. but that guy is a gun. Like he got rolled not going to the last World Cup. Yeah, and he, he cracked ABs, bro. Not yeah, said. Like, like straight away. Mm. But then got rolled not going to the World Cup, and that's like the that's the carrot. And I'm like, I wonder how Rogers gonna go. You know, like two of us are shit. Like. Yeah. Uh, a fullback in league is so different from a fullback in union. Like, bro, that guy's running 300 meters every week, making like goal saving tackles mm. and like doing hit ups. Like, the work that he puts in as a fullback in league is crazy compared to what he would do in union. Yeah. I feel like union is like catch and kick. But I, was, could be, yeah. I could be completely wrong and I don't understand union, but I've watched a lot of union growing up. But the difference in terms of like the, I think you have to be. Rugby is a very finicky game. I think in, it takes a lot to be really good at it. And I think that's why the All Blacks have been really good at it is because they've just mastered like playing to the absolute limit of the law mm. and and being good at it. Yeah. Who, who, would, who would be a rugby union player that you think would, would make the transition real well? I can only, off the bat, I can, I can remember thinking Piriwipu would be great. Yeah, Piri would have been mean. Imagine him and Isaac Luke, like, they're like the same kind of player, yeah. like, like nuggety, like just real, real mean. And like in their day, in their heyday, like pretty quick as well. Yeah. Um, do you, what do you think about Quade Cooper? Well, he's pretty, pretty like wild. I'm stoked that he's come back. <laughs> I grateful the game. Yeah. Um, uh, he was actually in my DMs trying to buy hats off me. And I, he was, I want to buy like 15 hats and I was like I can't really sell you 15 hats like that's all my inventory like I don't really have enough and he was like all good let me know when you can and I just never replied (laughs) and I was like so shook that he was in my DMs I thought it was like a troll I was like fuck like yeah I actually that like recounting that makes me feel like an asshole but I I feel like um his yeah I feel like he could play anything. He's one of those type yeah. of players, like Sonny yeah. kind of player. Could... I think, like, I never really liked Sonny Bill. Um, weirdly, I don't... I don't You're really living know. in his hometown, lad. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I don't really know why. I think just because there was such a hype around oh, him. Oh, yeah, I can understand that, yeah. And it was just, like, guaranteed that he made the All Blacks. Mm. And, like, he took maybe some spots off some other people that had actually, like, put in the work to be there and then he was just like superstar came in got the spot and then only came off the bench and did like a few things but that height me yeah and saying that watching him make the all blacks be able to offload is like outrageous like 
they weren't an offloading team until he came in first time. <laughs> you know, like that's that's a fact. Like he made those players better around him with his like professionalism and like how good he was. So yeah. it's kind of a double edged sword. Like, yeah, I I don't dislike him, but I just am like a bit overhearing like Sonny Bill's a boxer, Sonny Bill's a league player, Sonny Bill's a this and a that but now he's retired and you hear him speak you're like oh this guy is the man like, yeah you know he's so well spoken and imagine like having that pressure on you every day yeah. like even for him to be like i'm muslim in a time where like it's not hectic to be a muslim but he knows what he believes in and he's stuck by that and he's like making people around him better you know by by being that and like you know, remember when he like covered up the bank sponsor on his jersey and people like mm. lost the plot over it? Like yeah, yeah. he hasn't been afraid to be who he is. And I respect that like big time. Yeah. And that's like something that a lot of athletes don't do. They're just like, cash cow, let's go. Yeah. Whereas he's like, I'll take the big money, but I'll also do what's right for me and my family and my friends. And I'll, everyone knows it, you know? So that, that's cool. I always enjoyed his, um, I preferred I, I prefer on field Sunny. Mm-hmm. Um especially when he was at the doggies. Yeah, bro. Oh, bro. Madness. When that, that time when he's at the doggies, like if he's not an immortal, bro, I don't know what because he's won two grand finals, two different yeah. teams, two different er like eras. Yeah. Like if he's not an immortal. That Bulldogs one is like crazy. Cause that was like that's Steve Price and that team, right? Yeah, yeah, Steve and Price. And JT. Uh, JT was on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. They had Roy Asatasi. Yeah. Rennie Maitua. Ah, uh, shit. I forget the other guys. Um, they had a big prop there. That Al- team Al- is... Al Masri. Yeah, bro. Al Masri. Like, what a gun. Matt Utai. Yeah. I was going to say Utai. Yeah, like, yeah. that That team... Oh, Braitha Nesta? Was Braitha Nesta there? Yeah. <laughs> like, that team should have stayed together for longer. You know, they could have... Shit, Willie Mason? <laughs> yeah. But I remember going to the Achilles game and it was that one at Mount Smart where they just had like a huge punch up like <laughs> Willie Mason in the corner and I was right by there and my dad's down here being like... Ah! <laughs> Smash him! And then also being like a kid being like, yeah, fuck him up! <laughs> <laughs> like, I just remember like Willie Mason getting a hiding and that, that uh, him and I thought Matt King was the other one. Like full... Oh, when Manu freaking... Yeah. Oh, bro... I was like, dude, this is Manu Vatuve, bro. This is the big Shiana, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on, dude. Um, so, so it's sad to hear what's happened recently there on the, the big fella. I but... love, I love Manu. Like, you can probably see there's like a Manu cutout, yeah. like a life-size cutout. Yeah. I have in my house that I don't know. I mean, I res- I respect him for his league abilities, and that that's that's it. That can that it's just a shame that. Yeah, you could, you could be swayed into a situation like that. Yeah, maybe sure. not swayed, but um, Sonny's books come out, has it? I'm not sure. Also, here's a funny one: I don't read. I can't like can't really read. So, uh, um, by choice or you just, bit of dyslexia? Bit of dyslexia, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is like a funny thing. Like my wife's huge and like reads books all the time. Yeah. And that was part of the reason I didn't really like school. It's like reading and writing. I couldn't, wasn't good at it. Didn't really know how to do it. And in the 90s there was that huge like add thing where you were like if you couldn't yeah. read or write they were like you're add yeah yeah, yeah. and you're like i oh, probably a little bit you just but... started throwing that around here there and everywhere bro it was wild like i think at one point there was like six of my friends in our classroom were all on like <laughs> riddling riddling yeah. yeah 
and yeah it was just like e- easy way to like rather than putting an extra time and stuff into kids exactly. that were struggling yeah. that was how it happened and i think that's part of the reason as i've got older that i've become like fascinated with more mid- like things that i can like physically understand mm. like clothing and hats like that's a big yeah. one for me is i've managed to kind of like find the things that i was scared well probably yeah i was probably like a little bit scared to like get into reading or writing at school because i didn't know how to do it that well and so yeah when you start being like wow this is a hat from 1993 as opposed mm. to a hat from 1995 they look identical but there's like this this and this is like a little bit different <laughs> and you're like fuck i just i like i've learned that i've become like I've upskilled in a way that i didn't really know and it's the same like i left school at 16 and became like a bicycle i like my dad was like you need to get a job he's a tradesman and i was like, i don't want to be a plumber like no way hindsight now i'm like fuck would be mean being <laughs> like <laughs> but like my granddad was a plumber my dad was a plumber and he was like you can be a plumber if you want and like going to do plumbing with my dad in the school holidays and i like, didn't dislike it like at all but it was just kind of like let's do something else you know and then uh i he got me a job working in a bike shop me and him into mountain biking and I uh, got working in a job in a bike shop, just like sweeping the floor, like little grom, but it was like full-time job earning, like, I think it would have been like $9.50 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> big, big time. <laughs> yeah. Like six, 16. I'm all my friends are like seventh form and I'm 16 and I've got $350 a week. And you're like, bro, this is lit. Like I'm going to buy this thing. I'm buy this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Stupidly say like, didn't save anything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But then like I did that for 12 years. So that first part-time job, just a uh, full-time job, ended up just doing it until I was making enough money doing this that I, I can take a risk. Like, let's okay. actually do something that I love. Because mm. I'd gone from working in, like, bike shops to being, like, the salesperson in a bike shop to then being, like, a bicycle mechanic. And then to, like, working in the warehousing for a wholesaler in the bicycle industry. And then from there, got put into, like, working in the office role. So I was doing, like, stock management and, like, processing orders and stuff like that and then i did that for that last part for like five years and it taught me like how to kind of navigate my way around the internet Mm. a lot and then instagram came out and i'd sit at my desk like my any of my old workmates watch this they'll be like fuck you (laughs) like straight up like sit at my desk on my phone and like browse ebay and buy hats browse trade me like constantly buying stuff and just using like their wi-fi and just probably not probably this is terrible but i was straight up like the last in the last year i was like didn't really enjoy that job at all it was like not the great place to work and so i was just like slowly squirreling like my business on the side like mm. trying to build it up build it up yeah. build it up and then i got like a warning for being on my phone all the time and then i got called into the office and he's like look like uh, into like the meeting room it was like look you're on your phone too much like you're going to the toilet 10 times a day and you're like on the toilet like doing percy's shit and they got to the point where he like pulled me aside and i was like actually like here's my notice thank you for having me like i appreciate everything but this is like not not for me i can't go anywhere i can't do anything and then was like this is 2019 end of 2019 and i was using all my annual leave me and jules would go to america and buy stock and bring it back we were doing that a couple of times a year and then we were like mean 2019 leave leave that job like we're gonna go away in march 2020 
we'll go to the states and buy set up some contacts so we can like really get this thing going because i'd love to open a shop like that's my end goal is to like open a shop but uh obviously like the pandemic happened or whatever like covid and so then you have to just straight adapt and you're like yeah it's kind of funny like getting a call back from my boss last year and covid being like would you want to come back and you're like nah bro i'd rather be like have less money but be happy yeah. in my day yeah for real like it's a that work-life balance now is like really good it's like much better and i've got like a yeah a bigger appreciation for kind of money as well when yeah yeah those things that. happen you think um i think there would have been a natural like transferable skills right coming from that industry into your own business yeah it definitely helped you out a bit i think so um it definitely because there's, like, there's still shit loads to learn right as you go oh crazy even stuff like how to do your taxes like no that's what they should teach kids at school is like how to save money how to do taxes mm. and like actually how to run your little business like that would be the most if someone had tried to teach me school i probably wouldn't have listened but in hindsight mm. they would have been like if you can like set up your little business you set up a little bank account this is how you like do your taxes those are all things that no one teaches you until you're like fuck i i have to pay taxes like not pay taxes but like do a tax return like that's where my wife is like the biggest savior because it's like i look at it and i'm just like this is all just a mess of numbers and yeah. i can't yeah. navigate through it where she's like got the patience and the the time to like work through it and i'm like trying to help her and like try and learn a little bit but it's like my brain doesn't my brain is like i can tell you every sports specialties model there is or well it doesn't interest you ac why it's my, my problem if, if i don't find any interest in it whatsoever i'm not gonna bother yeah yeah no thank you um, but I mean, to a certain degree, if it's if it's you know your livelihood is on the line, then then yeah, but, maybe, maybe I'll give a shit. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. But like, I think yeah, some of my friends like straight out of school and they're like accountants or they've gone to Damn. uni university for like six years straight out of school and you're like, bruh, we're like different humans. Uh, I think we have a lot in common, bro. I think um, my education I put down to is um, movies and music. Yeah. A lot of what I know in terms of general knowledge has come from rappers yeah. spitting game. And I'm like, what did he say? What does that mean? What is he talking yeah. about? Then I'm going down this rabbit hole, like looking, oh, that's what he means. That's what he's referring to. That's the reference. Yeah. That's the metaphor he's using. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm learning about pronouns and nouns and adjectives through rap. Yeah. Not through what? school. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm learning about, um, I'm big on Goonies, bro. You love, you, you love a good Goonies watch every now and then? I haven't seen it. All right, we're going to end the podcast here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few that, there's a few like Come that. on, bro. What the hell? I, know. I don't know why. I don't, I actually don't know why. Like, I have, I, yeah, I don't know why I haven't You know seen what? It. I had Retro Mania on last, the other day. He hasn't yeah. watched Star Wars. Yeah. So my wife's never watched Star Wars. So I grew okay. up, like, my dad was like massive into Star Wars. Like, not, hasn't got toys and shit but like i remember he said when the first movies came out he was like seven you know so he was like i was this age and then i would have been 10 when like the phantom menace came out mm. so it was kind of wild and now my little brother who's 14 when the new ones came out he was Great. the same age yeah. so so there's been like my dad me and now my little brother and sister have all had like a new star wars trilogy come out wow in their 
like in that prime learning age of like mm. this is cool my brother is star wars obsessed yeah like every christmas every birthday is like star wars lego i'm like bro you're 14 now like will it will you like grow out of it but i don't think so like nah yeah he is he's he's gonna be a a computer programmer or some shit like that my little brother is a genius and it's mean it's mean because he's quite insular and like quite quiet but you know that his like little like little brains ticking away and he's just like gonna be yeah i can tell i gotta push him a little bit but you you learn so much like about history as well like just through movies mm -hmm. like schindler's list I learned yeah. a lot about the war, like world wars. Um, Even I remember watching like Saver, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, all of that stuff. Um, Shawshank Redemption, I learned yeah. about, you know, things around it. Like I was wondering what he was doing, why he would keep going to the warden's office and he was doing his yeah. taxes, I suppose. And yeah. and then he started, um, you know, filtering money elsewhere to an offshore bank account. Like I learned all of that shit through yeah. movies. Like, yeah. Um, so there's so much stuff like that that you you pick up on like was it what was i watching recently i like like now if i'm watching stuff actually it's like i always watch documentaries that's the (laughs) best that's the best way i can take stuff in and i can learn about stuff absolutely documentaries and i'd rather watch a documentary than like a james bond film as much as i grew up watching all the james bond films but like any sport like any of those espn 30 for 30s yeah like i'll watch those because you're like i didn't know about this this is crazy or there's some that are just on netflix at the moment called like bad sport okay i'll check those out and there's one about the like hansi cronia the cricketer the south african cricketer who was like spot fixing oh wow in the games but the interesting thing about that that i was just learning like i just learned was like in apartheid south africa they were banned from playing any sport Mm. they weren't allowed to have any professional sports team no country would let them compete so like when nelson mandela got out of jail he had like that was just at that period of time where when he came into uh being the president or prime minister of south africa they started letting international sports compete and hansi Kronia was the first captain of the cricket team and they toured australia and so it was kind of wild like his story about how he was this first captain of the cricket team and then he ended up like south africa loved him because he had like formed a bond with nelson mandela and this then had been swayed into like match fixing it was like yeah very like hectic uh and really sad like really really sad like the story of like how he had been infiltrated to to like spot fix basically Mm. and he was like such a wholesome dude and and then it turned out like the two people he got to like got on side with him to spot fix for like the people of color in the team like john t rhodes and one other player, and so he looked like a bigger piece of shit for the only two people he got on board were like the people of color in their team. So it was just like way, yeah, it's like way deeper in like the politics around that. Like I didn't know any of that stuff. Like mm. I knew about him getting done for match fixing, but it goes way deeper than that. And like yeah. learning about like the politics of South Africa. And then you go back to like the Springboks test and like it all kind of ties in. And you're like, fuck, it's all things that. I didn't know that I've just learned from this documentary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome, eh? I love that about the thrift shop as well. Yeah. Like going into the op and then you're looking at some, you know, uh, like I was telling Josiah about Crown Lynn stuff. I had no clue yeah. what it was. And then you learn all the stuff. And then I learned that my my grandmother's sister 
worked in Crown Lynn, her, like most of her adult life in New Lynn. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's cool. I didn't realize. I didn't know that. And she started sharing, you know, going down this road. And so I love going in the op shops and just finding it real obscure or stuff that just kind of catches your eye and you're like yeah. looking at it for ages and then you pull the phone out. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah. That's like, I mean, I, I, I heard that like Josiah saying like his parents would like teach, he would like learn things as a kid. And then go into like the garage sales and stuff. And Man. he already had like a big leg up on everyone as like a kid because he had just been like immersed in that, yeah. like in that world. And that was like, yeah, learning stuff like, yeah, going to op shops and like, this looks interesting. Like, I wonder what this is. Mm. And then you end up like Googling, you're like, whoa, this is this crazy thing. You end up buying it. And then you're like, what am I actually going to do with this thing? I have a whole house full of these interesting things that don't necessarily have like a big monetary value, but you're like, bruh, I'm like looking around my house like insane there, bro. Let's let's take a look, bro. Have you got some weird <laughs> Yeah, like I've got what have I got? Oh bro, like this. This is like a championship manager three for PC. I remember like wanting this game as a kid. And I found one like, new in the box, basically, at the op shop. I'm like, it's still got, like, the disc and everything in it. Like floppy disc? No, like a no, CD. Oh, like CD, a CD. Okay. It's, like, new in the box. And I was like, why Why do I? Why did why I Why did I get this? it? <laughs> and my wife's like, don't. You're just going to end up, like, having more shit around that's just going to annoy you. And you're like, well, nah, because I remember wanting that as a kid and I couldn't have it. So now I've got it. Um, yeah, there's all sorts. Like, this whole... I don't know, I can give you a quick little tour. It's a bit messy at the moment, but this is like <laughs> this is like the hat wall and then it's like some Oh, check out that post like whoa, look at these top hats, dude. Yeah. So and then it's like one rack of clothes, some like old warriors posters. Warriors, love. And then like a little penny hardaway thing. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. And then you come there's like big Magic Johnson, a couple of warrior stuff. And then this side is like two racks, bunch more stuff. Just is it like, Steinlager like too? No. No, nah, it's like a Louis Vuitton. Um, oh, wow. Sailing. I found that in like an op shop as well. Just like, yeah, pretty much everything in this house is just kind of stuff I've collected and thrifted. It's a bit messy, but um, yeah, it's mostly just things that I'm pretty stoked, pretty stoked to find. And eventually if I open a shop, like, yeah, I, I think that would be the end goal. Like open a shop and just have a space where you walk into and it just is like a big nostalgia hit, you know. It's not about like it's a museum, right? Like you're walking yeah. into a museum. But then also, like I get annoyed when I walk in. I'm like, fuck! I've always wanted that thing. And then you're like, is that for sale? And they're like, nah, nah. Is this for sale? Nah. Are those Space Jam Michael Jordan toys for sale? Nah. Sorry, not for sale. And then you end up selling nothing. And everyone's like, bro, that guy's at either. It's like yeah, it's the meanest, the meanest shop, but nothing's for sale. <laughs> but I think that's like. Yeah, I, I walk into some stores in the States when, I, when I'd been over there and you just walk in and you're like, they have like a whole section of like trading cards. And then you're like, I'm just drawn to it. So I'm going to buy like 10 packs. Yeah. Because that's like a memory that I, I like have and I want to like get back. And I think like, if I can walk in, if you can walk into a store, or you know, you walk into a space and you're like, man, I want it to feel like my bedroom when I was a, when I was a kid, you know, like I remember having a Space Jam poster on my wall and a times table poster, and I can tell you which one I looked at more. 
I've, I've watched that movie like 20 times. Couldn't tell you my times tables, like straight up, you know? And that's the kind of, I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's, it's like a, a weird, a weird like nostalgia hit that I, Shit like I'm bro. desperate to go to Josiah's store. Like next time I'm oh. down that way, I just want to walk in and I know I'll just be like, oh, sick. Bro, hard. I'll be taking so many photos. Just, just that I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I get like, even um Ra used to have a store in Hamilton. Yeah. That was um, a cool store. Casabella Lane, I think. Yeah. I, I remember like walking in there and like I didn't know Ra then. Um and just being like, well, this is pretty cool. Like someone's giving it a go, like opening a shop. Yeah. And like uh, buying I can't remember what I bought from it. But I was like, I have to buy something, you know? Whoa, this is cool. I gotta buy something. And that's like I don't know. Now in hindsight, like damn i wish i like known ra better so i could buy you know like be more hyped on the like person behind the store as well i think that's um a really cool thing about um what we're trying to do on this podcast too is to get to know the people behind the pages as well yeah and so that you know where your money's going to and who it's going you know what it's going towards like yeah i know that the bromat's going full-time this is his thing yeah it's gonna make me want to put money into it and, and purchase and said that nah, that's real cool bro what, what's um i mean you've been doing this for a few years thrifting off shopping your your goal is to eventually open a shop and yeah you talked about some stuff not for sale where's your grails at brother uh oh. <laughs> you didn't have to show them but what, what's something that you you would consider your grail because everyone's grail is different or... yeah i've got a few like i pulled a couple out just nice in, like um this this shit i actually posted it recently on my instagram Dude, uh it's it's signed by alan Shearer. like i met him when he came to new zealand on like when he retired yeah he did like a, a speaking tour and i was lucky enough to go with my dad and my granddad oh wicked and it was quite i think it was like one of those like corporate things where it was like quite expensive to get a table and my granddad somehow like finessed <laughs> to buy tickets through oh, his man. like finessed <laughs> buying tickets through his like plumbing world account or some shit i don't know he's like the loophole king <laughs> straight up bro he's like the fucking the man like anything he'd be like i'll buy this many like you need to get him on the potty bro <laughs> yeah this many crocs nuts and i get an ipod and then i'll look like a the goat for giving someone an ipod for christmas but i know he didn't buy it he would have just like done <laughs> some a, some a string attached there yeah bro like wild like didn't steal it but he would have like finessed it somehow like sold so many things through plumbing world to get plumbing world points to be like all the grandkids are getting ipods and then he's like the man but Anyway, we got this. We got this table when like, it's like me, my dad, my dad's best friend Phil, and all of our tickets were there. And they were like, "There's a meet and greet at the end, but it's only odd numbers get to meet him and your ticket number." So like, we were like two five four, two five five, two five six, two five seven. So it was like, what it like two five five and two five seven got to meet him, and uh, my granddad. I didn't get the number, but my granddad did. He was like, "Now you go." Like you can go oh, and meet him. Wow. And I went with my dad and he like signed my shirt. And then I got and took my granddad's like England jersey and he signed that for my granddad. I was like, to nice. Roger, like Alan Shearer. And my granddad was like shook. Like he, he like coming from the area, he didn't get to meet him, but he was like pumped that he got to do this. And I remember like going up, bro. And like this guy I'd looked up to, like, I wanted to be just, like wear number nine on my jersey. And I was playing soccer, like football. I wanted to like really be everything like Alan Shearer. Like, he's the best striker in English football. And then getting to meet him and he's like, in his Geordie accent, like, 
and shook my hand. I was like, you're right, lad. And I just like fucking froze up as like a 17 year old. Uh, and like shook my hand. And I just remember like that feeling, like, I'm never going to wash my hand. Yeah, yeah. And then my dad giving me like a couple of beers because I was 17 as well. And being like, you can have a beer, like you're an adult now. And uh, like, that's a memory that I'll like cherish forever. And he signed my shirt and like, it just makes me more, handies to like support that team and like everything that was like that that moment with my granddad and uh yeah it's very wild like it kind of got me into that football and even more that I was already into like I got Newcastle kits for my birthday like growing up from like five all the way through to 18 my jersey I've got for my 18th birthday it's like Matt Wall 18 on the back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that got sent over from my grandparents. I'm like, oh, I'm never gonna wear this. Like, I, w- I remember wearing it to football training, and the boys just roasted yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, they were like, "Who yeah. puts their own name on the jersey? Like, not a loser, not a loser, but like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Reckons he's the man." <laughs> but like, yeah, having that, and then yeah, so it's like pretty ingrained. Like, I watch, I get up and watch all the games, and yeah, so that's like my ultimate that's like my grail and like and i think i got to my early 20s and i was going flatting and i kind of like didn't really appreciate that so much so it stayed in the bottom of my jaw and it got moldy and so then probably like a five years ago i kind of was like fuck i've got one of those jerseys they're like 300 dollars now i said i've got one it's like signed by alan share and then you kind of like everything comes back and you're like oh yeah i actually like you res- i respect that more now than i probably did 10 years mm. ago because i it means more to me now you know as you get older um a couple of little weird ones this one is like one of my favorite bands new order this is like an 80s paper thin like crazy t-shirt uh i got this at a garage sale we were like just going to get some food in sandringham we went to a garage sale and they had like we got there like as it started and it turned out like juliet's auntie knew the people that were having the garage sale okay and we like got there and they were there and we're like, Oh, hi, how's it going? And I'm like looking through this, everything's like folded up and it's like Helen Stein stuff, like nothing cool. And then there was this t-shirt and I was like, Whoa, like abs, like, I would, you know, you know, when you find something and, and you not, get that, not be expecting it. To yeah. Like... Not to be expecting it. And you get that feeling and I don't really know how to explain it. And it's like an adrenaline rush yeah, the and your hair stand up me. and it's like an audible gasp where you're like, and then I was like, how much is this? And he's like, bruh, that's like a shitty rag. Like, you don't want that. Why would you want that? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, like oh it's, one of my, it's one of my favorite bands. Like, I, I would love to buy it. And he was like, I don't know, bro. Like 50, like, I don't know, mate, like 50 cents. And I was like, all good. Like, and then like just getting it and then sitting in the car and like putting it over the steering wheel and like taking a photo and just like being so shook that this was oh, a dude's man. painting rag like and it's he would have cut that I've up ne- four eggs afterwards <laughs> like that's another crazy thing is like my dad being a plumber his all of his t-shirts when he gets they're like too worn hacks them into rags damn and like i he had like so many mambo t-shirts so many no fair oh, t-shirts wow. um heaps <laughs> of like vintage football jerseys that he just like chopped them all up into rags and you're like, oh, I can't even, eh? Like, that's so crazy. But again, like, if you don't know, if you don't understand, like, that's an old T-shirt. And mm-hmm. that's, like, one thing that's really hard to explain to someone. Like, at this guy, when I was, like, I'm a big New Order fan. Like, 
I really like that band. This t-shirt is like crazy to me. He's like, that's a painting rag for me. Like, I don't care at all about that. And like, it doesn't even matter what that t-shirt's worth because I'll never sell it. Like that's a yeah, yeah, a wild hard one. Hard out. And it's like another crazy one is obviously like before New Water, there was a band called Joy Division and then their singer commit suicide and so they kind of reformed and became new order same members but they were kind of like more electronic than kind of like a goth gothy kind of band well, goth, i don't really know how to explain them um but juliet's dad has we i have it in like my vault box is uh he has a joy division t-shirt from when he was a teenager and so wow. i have both i have both of them we have them both like his t-shirt from when he was a teenager and then it's like exactly the same size paper thin but gray and it's like a joy division one so you're like whoa like i, sh- I will actually post them on our instagram so people can see but it's crazy that both of those t-shirts have just kind of like found their way to bands that we love and it happens and, to be your wife's dad's like that's cool yeah. man like, and i'm stoked that she saved that when he was like sorting yeah. out his stuff like yeah jules has like a a wild t-shirt collection like yeah. better, better than mine like wait <laughs> she fits that like she fits that dream like large xl if it's oversized like fit oh okay yeah and uh yeah, you got a few you got a few kisses before the l yeah 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 me, me too. <laughs> yeah i got quite a few kisses before the l <laughs> yeah she's like oh man her yeah her t-shirt collection's mad and heaps of times i'm like nah you should keep this like but really i'm making her keep it through me because i don't want to sell it but it's pretty awesome like i always say like i always have said to jules like if we ever were desperate if we'd ever like need to like i have a big collection of hats but if we were ever desperate anything i'd I'd sell everything you know Mm. you do what you can like we've got a little we've got a kid on the way in january oh congrats bro Our, our first our first one little girl and uh yeah so just been like sold off a few little bits to like help pay for some things and you're like not only have my like not hoarding but like my obsession with like collecting stuff it's become a time where there's actually like a value in those things that you love that like hats are like obviously this t-shirt i would never sell because it means too much and i'll never find another one but like i don't know any of those you can i can if i looked hard enough I could find another one and that's like yeah I always said to Jules if there was ever anything you can you can sell my hats to like to help pay pay for shit good man speaking of hats sorry bro yeah no you go oh that's the same speaking of hats bro what do you you got a fave or you're kind of not too fast it's a hard question eh hats are like like I don't know everything like I, like I said, I think maybe I said it. I feel naked off. without it. Yeah, I remember like growing up wearing hats constantly, and my granddad being like, "You're gonna go bald if you wear a hat too much," <laughs> you know, like that kind of shit. Yeah. And uh, so I've always had hats. Always tried to wear hats. Like always worn hats, kind of like growing up. And then as soon as I kind of like discovered vintage hats, that was like huge door. Like Pandora's box had opened for me, and I just started being like. I need not I need to have everything but I just need to find like one of each of these variations of the different brands so I can like learn more about them you know like my headwear page never started to be a hat only page like well it did 
but like i never set out to be like the hat page in new zealand or whatever it was like I like selling, I like hats. I'm going to buy some hats and I'll keep the ones I want and then I'll sell the rest to pay for the hats that I want. Mm. And I don't want to fill the Percy's page with hats because that's kind of like people want to buy t-shirts off us or jerseys or whatever. I was like, well, Instagram's cool. You can have multiple accounts. Like I remember being like exactly the day, December 15th, like sitting in the lunchroom in my old work. And I was like, bro, I'm going to start a hat page today. And like, he was like, what are you, my workmate was like, what are you going to call it? I was like, Percy's headwear. And then I just like, <laughs> like, pff, lame name, whatever. But like, it kind of solidified that people thought I was Percy because it was like Percy's headwear. Mm. And so I started that page. And then unbeknownst to me, no one else, there wasn't any other hat pages in New Zealand at wow. the time. And that was like 2018, 2017. And it was just coming from selling off the hats that I didn't want. And then the more I learned, the more I got into it, and the more I needed to find other hats. And then you find out that some hats are like one of one. So there's only been one ever discovered. Oh. And you're like, how is this even possible? Like one of one. Like yeah. in, a, in a world where there's like, even in the 90s, so much stuff was produced. How has nobody ever seen another one of those? Like that is mind blowing to me. And it, it it can happen and like now the hat community in New Zealand is popping off and it's absolutely wild that everyone has like amazing collections like the hats that are in New Zealand I talk to collectors from the states and they're like New Zealanders cornered a whole bunch of great hats down there and they're not letting them go it's wild big time not yeah even hats there a lot of stuff eh? yeah and like for a small country the amount, uh, the amount of heat that is down here bro, is outrageous. The crazy thing to me is just the stories behind how they would have got here. Yeah. Because we're not, we're surrounded by water. You had to fly that shit and all come in on boat. Like, yeah. I was talking to so my barber, one of his customers. He was like, I need some money to buy a dog. I'm going to sell off some of my starter jacket collection. And I was, and Dan like hit me up and he was like, bro. Have I got a deal for you? Every time I, every time I get my hair cut at Dan's, I end up like buying some shit off him. Whether it's like a Super Nintendo or like some customer of his has got some hats anyway. Like one of his mates selling off some starter jackets. And I was like, I'll talk to Jules, like all good. And then like three hours later, bro, he's wheeling in a rack into my house. And he's like, I don't know what he wants. Just have a look at them and then let me know. And there was like a rack of grails that he just like rolled into my house. And I was like, fuck i don't even know if we can afford these like there's like it's like my like heaven uh, it was like an asshole as well I, when i bought them we i went through ebay and i found like sold listings and then what i could sell them for and then we i like did a spreadsheet for him so when he came over i was like i always like to be extreme as fair as i can be when i'm buying stuff off people because you don't want to be the guy that's like bro this is only worth five dollars and then they see you selling it for 300 yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you look like a dick like yeah. i would rather pay someone more so that they're happy with the transaction and i make a little bit less as long as i can make a little bit to pay rent and but sometimes it's worth just buying it just so you can have it you can have it you've never seen it before you want to look at it you want to like really kind of like fall in love with the garment so anyway, I bought all these, sorry, I got sidetracked. I bought all those jackets off him. He came over and uh, he was like, well, you think these are cool? Like my brother collects hats. 
and I was like, fuck off. Like, here we go. <laughs> and so anyway, this guy, like, he, he collected starter jackets and he bought them all from a catalog. Like, he was buying them out of a catalog. And then he was, like, sending the money to America, like, via check. And then they'd send him the jackets, like, out of East Bay magazines, like, old East Bay catalogs. Yeah. And you're like, that is so much legwork to buy your collection. Like, nowadays, you know, you've got everything at your fingertips. And if it takes three days to get here, people get shitty. No, it's kind of like yeah. we've we've lost that pa- patience for things because everything is like right there. You can get a DM at eleven o'clock at night, and for the most part, people will reply. Whereas before, you'd be like, "I'm sending off a hundred dollars, <laughs> and then I'll wait two months, and my Fire jacket, post. my jacket will come, and <laughs> that's all good." You're not on the phone to East Bay being like, "Where's my fucking jackets?" Like everyone back then was like more chill about stuff, but yeah, his brother like showed me a video of his room and he's like that Raiders like that the Raiders script that was like NWA hat like the the goat hat I guess it's kind of like the most common grail uh he's got like four of them and three with tags and you're like are you kidding like that's my dream right there and you've got four of them and he was like I probably will give you like I can give you one if you want like the most worn one I'll give you one if you want you're like no no I'll buy it and like yeah i still need to like suss them out for that but like there's people out there that collected shit in the 90s and were like super hyped on it Mm. and they like haven't thought about people collecting them again now you know it's just kind of like they collected it then that's what they still have they don't realize that there's a it's grown from that and now i could probably get that guy with the tags on his hat probably like seven or eight hundred dollars for it and he paid like $2.99 when Sterling Sports was going out of business or like the one in his area, like when they were changing to like new era hats, all the sports specialties ones kind of got put in a sale bin. And then nobody thinks that that's going to be worth anything. Mm. So it's kind of like hats are, hats are pretty nuts. Like, I don't know, I'm going on a tangent, but. Nah, it's cool, bro. Look, cause you brought up a good thing too. Like there are people out there in New Zealand too, who aren't in the community. Yeah who aren't on Instagram, but they're sitting on a do collection. Yeah. And I don't really like to, I don't really like to try and find those people and to buy their collections because I don't know if I can do it justice. Cause it probably means more to them. Yeah. You know, like, uh, it's like being, I don't really like the term reseller, but I guess that's what we are. If we're buying shit from an op shop and we're reselling it for a profit, like, yeah, we are resellers, but I think, for me at the end of the day like it's all stuff that i wanted as a kid and i couldn't have like going right back to the square one like it's all stuff that i wanted as a kid and i couldn't get and it's made me now i can afford it and i have got access to it and i've learned more about it but i can get it and then i would like to put those things in touch with other like-minded people that also wanted those things as a kid and now i can facilitate (laughs) you know you see someone that had a lakers jacket and they've always wanted a lakers jacket and you're like bro i've got one of those like yeah right easy you know it's kind of like being that facilitator to get people yeah man the things and like even now i talk to people that i've sold hats to and he was like people were just like fuck i had that hat as a kid like i can't believe you found me another one like that's a wild thing that i don't really think about but yeah you you can get like so much joy when you can source stuff for people super and fulfilling it, yeah and it's not about like the reseller thing it's about like putting people in touch with the memories that they had as a kid 
like oh, that's absolutely and i always tried to like price stuff what i would feel comfortable paying as well you know not like some shit you have to be like bro this is a 500 jacket like that's rent <laughs> that's rent money if i can sell it for that but for the most part i like to try and sell stuff for what i would want to pay you know and especially being like a small business if i see another small business that's got something that i want absolutely will pay like whatever they want for it because i know it'll yeah. slot into my collection and like i don't know whether you get it but people are like so you kind of run like an online op shop yeah do you do you get that and you're like yeah, yeah kind, kind of but it's like a lot more curated yeah and i work really hard to make sure everything that i sell i love you know like i'm not just going to push out 200 harley tees because that's the trend no disrespect no disrespect to the harley tees but yeah it's not it's not the buzz I'm for super, me personally I'm super disrespectful to harley tees eh? i'm super disrespectful to Jor- people who wear jordans and they can't play either yeah like if you oh, don't... chill out <laughs> no, rain it in eh? <laughs> i'll see you later nah it's like if you don't own a harley like yeah should you be wearing a harley? <laughs> But no, it's like, yeah, I, I respect that. Like, I actually only bought my first pair of Jordans when I was in the States. What like did you get? Years. Jordan 1s, all white. And I only bought them. Oh, they're they're all white. They're like... It's my favorite Jordan, Jordan 1s. Yeah. And that was kind of the end. Like, I bought that one pair, and they were $30 from Buffalo Exchange. And I bought the all white ones because I was like, bro, I remember, like, seeing, like, hair metal, but, like, in that 80s and oh, 90s true. metal bands they would wear like all white high top sneakers and i was like that's fucking badass like i'm gonna wear like my blue jeans these white high top sneakers like didn't really occur to me until probably the last three or four years that there's like kind of like i'm a size 13 so you don't see it's harder to find sneakers now because of resellers like yeah um i'll enter a raffle for something like i'm part of bigfoot nz like the sneaker group and that is like a, another crazy community to be part of and it's all that's all about like getting if you can enter a raffle for somebody that's a 13 you'll just do that and then you'll just you never sell it for profit you just like always hook everybody up that's kind of how that that page works and it's kind of amazing kind of being in that community where there's dudes in there that have got like 200 pairs of sneakers and i've got like two pairs of jordans and <laughs> but no one's like bro that's like you you don't have to have x amount of shoes yeah it's like all about the community and we all like meet up and watch the warriors we all like rip the shit out of each other about how shit the warriors are or how shit the broncos <laughs> are like a couple of lads like broncos fans you know and it's like that camaraderie around that and then it's all brought in by sneakers and so i feel quite privileged to be invited into that kind of circle and then they've like put me on with a couple of events they've put me on with like my vintage setup and it kind of goes hand in hand it's like that it's cool sneakers hip-hop sports like american sports where that all kind of intertwines but i feel you on like this the sneaker thing is like pretty wild like i never thought i would see the day where i would feel like upset about missing a pair at retail yeah which i don't really like i don't really go out actively chasing pairs but certain pairs you see and you're like man i'd love to own that mm. and they're like 700 dollars. like fuck <laughs> off no way all right do, do you know me i just go to the pub like all i do is 
go to the pub and watch the Warriors like that. Or, you know, like I can't look after a $700 pair of shoes. Like, I, no I, way. I feel like some of them are forcing me to become a drug dealer. Eh? Just some of the <laughs> Bro, I yeah. gotta sell drugs to get pay for that shit. Like, what the it's, hell? It's like insane. Like, <laughs> fuck. It's, but I, I promised my wife that I won't be a sneakerhead. She's like, you can be a yeah, vintage. Nah. Yeah. You can like collect jerseys. You can collect hats. Yeah. But like sneakers are like a bridge too far. Um, my first job out of high school was Foot Locker Room. Yeah. So, so I was sneakerhead, mad yeah um i had grown a collection up to maybe 50 shoes just an assortment i wasn't there wasn't like one shoe that i only got i got all sorts of shoes and i wore yeah. them all like I, yeah um and then i met my um partner now and yeah that should change day yeah she was like real conservative like you only need one good winter jacket you don't yeah. need five winter jackets yeah, kind of I, thing like <laughs> sounds pretty familiar yeah yeah like you only when need... you're like why have you got three carhartt jackets yeah yeah exactly and you're like, right. you only need one and then but then you can be like i better be careful with what i say because if i'm like yeah i know i only need one jacket fine i'll sell the other two she's like you also only need one hat <laughs> <laughs> so you've got to like really be careful not to put your foot in it and be like yeah, yeah. Nah, honest all good yeah so. no, i i um i tell her like there's there's hats that you wear that your everyday hats or there's yeah. your everyday jacket or your everyday and then you got to have your good ones like your, yeah you know the, um yeah because i got a small hat collection like maybe five or so that i just wear yeah and like i just get a standard new york blue new york yeah that, that goes with everything so i'll Hard get out. that and i got one pair of jordans one like but i'll have like I, those are for when i go out for my morning walks shoes yeah and those are my like you know your church shoes or your yeah. your church shoes or what yeah and that's like i've i've tried to be better like i was always always wanted sneakers growing up but never like jordans it was always like i want lots of vans i don't know and then when i like i said when i was at school you'd have like one pair of vans and they were like your shoes for mufti day and you're yep. like oh. yep. everyone would flex everyone would like flex on mufti day or whatever <laughs> yeah but like Nikes were quite expensive. So, and I, I didn't really know about dress. Like, I don't think dress might existed back then. And as soon as I started earning like money, I was living at home. And I was like, I didn't know what to spend. In hindsight, probably should have just started saving for a house. And I, if I started saving at 16, I still might be able to afford a house in Auckland. <laughs> but uh, I was like, I get $300 a week. I can buy a bear of vans. They're only a hundred bucks. And I spent like all my money from probably like 16 to 20 on like records. I've bought like so many records, like my, in my lounge, I've probably got like, you know, those cube shelves, like. Bro, when the baby comes, bro, something's got to go, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, I went through my records, like, cause I, we've reset up all our lounge and stuff for oh, the baby. Okay. Yeah. So like, I got rid of a bunch of shit. <laughs> And I was like going through my records and I was like, I could sell, like I'd ease, like happily sell a bunch of records, you know, but that's what I was spending my money on was like records and like some vans. And then I've always been pretty giving. So like some of my friends at school, like when they were going to uni, they, I'd have like 10 pairs of shoes. So I'd be like, bro, here you go. Like they'd come over to my house yeah, and you're nice. like, here you go, here you go. Like always giving my friends shit. Like anytime, even my friends now come over to my house and they're like, what have you got and i'm always just like help yourself like you can have this like i'd rather you look sick in this or like this fits you or <laughs> yeah you know like that's a t-shirt that you can have like always give stuff away 
to my friends when they come over and that was like yeah one thing like as soon as I got older I was like man I shouldn't probably be spending money on shoes like it seems ridiculous so mm. now when I was working all my wages would go to my wife and then I'd get paid like a little cheeky allowance which was like a <laughs> little bit of pub money time for a little Turkish kebab after the pub you know like that's that's kind of how I how I got better at saving because also again they don't teach you how to save at school yeah. you know they just tell you like you, you get caught in this like you need everything now and when you grow up like not having everything all you want is yeah. everything yeah I like um, my wardrobe is definitely reflective of like my like thrifting. Like yeah. a lot of my stuff is, I would say, but I'll go half. I say half yeah. of my stuff is thrifted. Um, the other half probably people have given me or have actually went and bought because I probably practically have needed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's been um, yeah. I I love my wardrobe. Like, yeah, I love that. Lots of things are thrifted and stuff's from the 80s stuff's from the 90s yeah. stuff's to y2k and um, it's really cool like i weirdly so um my old man Simon and like island islander shirts right like button-up yeah. shirts it's all of a sudden become a thing for me now in my older yeah. age i'm like looking for them now bro i'm like i want to start wearing this shit like, man. <laughs> owning it you know like man it's um wear these and like the hawaiian shirt type of things yeah but um, I love it, eh? Like, it's two dollars fifty. Awesome yeah. <laughs> choice. Man, that's that's perfect. And like I, I was saying to Jules, like she was like, "What do you, what do you wear?" And I was like, "Bro, like I don't, I don't really care." <laughs> you know, like people will probably look at my wardrobe and be like, "Fuck, it's full of grails." But everything I wear, like everything, mm. you got to wear everything. Like even yeah, my hats, yeah. like some of my most expensive hats I I own. Uh, absolutely thrashed because i just you have to wear them there's some stuff obviously that you're like nah i'm not going to wear this because it's new with tags and i'm would be crazy to pop the tags but then you also have to wear your shit like mm. i think that's one thing that i know that i why i can't be a sneakerhead is like i couldn't have 50 pairs of shoes stacked to my roof and not wear them i'd rather have two pairs and like absolutely thrash yeah, them yeah. and wear them out yeah and then you kind of like justify like i was like i would like to try a pair of yeezys like they look so comfortable, but I don't know if I can pay like retail, like crazy. Anyway, I saw someone post up being like, got these for sale. And I was like, would you trade a hat or like a two hats for them? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, fuck me. I got like, I can't believe I traded. And I have like a, and then like I wore them out the first time and all my mates were like, bro, what are those like ugliest shoes? I got like real, ro I got so roasted by the boys for it, like hard roasted from wearing Yeezys. And I was like, I just want to try them. Like they look so comfortable. They look like the most comfortable shoes, like all knitted and like spongy sole. I didn't really care if they were like hype or not, but. Yeah, I felt quite um, embarrassed to have like a $300 pair of shoes <laughs> that I wore out and like wearing them into like the, at, to like go to a show and my friend's like, fuck, you're wearing those? Bro, they're going to get fucked up. Like, I wouldn't wear them if now I'd like tell them the price. And like, well, yeah, they've got to be worn. You know, I'm not going to walk my dog in them, but I'll wear them out. Like, yeah. I'll spill, spill a few lion reds on them if I have to. I think too, like, um, I, I find a lot of stuff that doesn't fit me, but it might fit my boy. Yeah. So I go, oh, here, boy, you know, you can wear this till you grow out of it kind of thing. Yeah. And he's real conscious because he knows what I'm trying to do. And he's like, oh, I don't want to stain it or something. And I'm like, bro, this is vintage. This shit's going to last, bro. Like, yeah. 
it's probably been worn by maybe two, three other people before yeah. it's got gotten to you. So like wear it, man, like, and, yeah. and feel cool and make, let it make you feel good. And, uh, and do look after it, please. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm real, um, I ha I'll happily give my kids some stuff to wear and knowing that it's, it's vintage, it's of quality, it's, you know, and, and if you can look after it, you know, later on, dad might be able to sell it. And yeah, the, cra the crazy thing, like, do you, you get the question where people are like, does this, like, how do you wash this? Like, <laughs> like they'll buy like a, I don't know, like an $80 vintage t-shirt off you. And they're like, how do you wash it? And you're like, chuck it in, chuck it in the washer. whatever you want. Like, I guarantee you it's been washed a thousand times before. Yeah. Hard up, man. and it's like robust and real good yeah. and top quality yeah the stitching on it is solid my is dog's just yeah my dog's just come in and say hi oh wicked <laughs> hey bob what's up man how's the how's the dog um dog owning going like in the lockdown in auckland is it all good best Hard. thing ever for my mental health yeah, straight up yeah, solid, like bro. um good to hear I we got stuck in Christchurch for the first month of this lockdown. Okay, because we were going on like a vacation down. Actually, we were I remember like, seeing your story. Yeah, yeah. So we went on like a little vacation. Like Jules's sisters just moved down there. They just built a house in Marshlands in Christchurch, and we were like, we'll go down for a little visit. Like spend a few days there. Our friends bought a house in Dunedin, so we we're like, go on a tiki tour, rent a car, like have a nice holiday. And uh, we literally picked up our rent car, and one of the boys messaged him and was like, "Bro, there's like a." case of like a delta case in auckland and we were like fuck and then we saw the news report and they were like three days like that first one where they're like we're just yeah. locked down for three days assess it and then that cluster happened and like kind of shit just exploded and they gave us a 48 hour window to come home excuse me to come home from when we flew down but all of the places of interest were like the two supermarkets near our house oh shit um they were really really close to our house and i yeah. We weren't vaccinated and I was really worried about my wife being pregnant and yep. Yep. Uh, putting her in a situation where it was dangerous. So we decided like, we'll just, if it's only a couple of weeks, like we'll just stay here for a couple of weeks and just kind of see how it's going. And then it just ended up being like kind of spiraled and got worse and like not having Bob there, like it's crazy. Like, Having him, like, you probably know, bro, you just talk to your dog so much. You, like, walk past him. Full What's up, buddy? Bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and, yeah, just not having that, not not having someone to, like, force you to go out of the house to get some exercise or to mm -hmm. exercise them. Um, yeah, it was kind of, like, it was all good down there. Like, it was nice being with family. and But definitely was going kind of crazy in the last kind of two weeks because I was just, like, I we're living in a subdivision everything's the same i don't know when we're going to be able to get home mm, yeah um thankfully my parents were looking after him but he's like being a hunter he's so intelligent and like he vibes on your feelings as well like he is the best thing i've ever done it's my wife's first pet and i've like grew up with dogs my whole life and being like honestly like it will change your life having a dog Oh, absolutely, bro. Um, and like last year lockdown that first one like rattled me big time mentally because i was like we've i've quit my job we're gonna do this we're gonna go to america yeah, i've absolutely. got my grand plan was like we're all yeah. set up we're gonna go and then it just like pulled out from underneath me from going from like a steady job like getting paid quite well to being like fuck we've got to go week to week 
selling clothes, but we can't ship anything. Shit. Remember in that first lockdown, you couldn't ship anything yeah. unless it was essential. Yeah. And so we didn't ship anything. And it was just like, have I made the right decision? Have I done this? And then you're like, I'm going to go for a big walk with him and everything can like clear your mind. And nice. Then you tell him all your like, all your things that you're worried about. And he just listens, you know, he's so smart and so attentive and absolutely man's best friend. eh? 100% like I can't, can't really explain it, but yes, the amount of um, secrets he knows, not secrets, (laughs) but like things that you intimate details. Yeah. Things you need to get off your chest that you don't really know how to talk to a human about. Um, He'll listen and he's not going to go like, fuck up dad boring (laughs) (laughs) throw the fucking stick would you (laughs) yeah you know like he he's he's there it's good yeah i like um with my my dog he it doesn't matter what's going on he's he's gonna be there yeah and i yeah no matter how bad or good yeah yeah 100 he's there like right now he's figured out because he's obsessed with chasing swallows he's (laughs) he's figured out he can look out the window and see them look at this bro look at his tail <laughs> oh man so he'll, he'll just sit and he'll just look for birds out the window yep and then you have to like get him away otherwise he's just like he goes so focused on bloody birds <laughs> hey bob any birds a few birds about day. Eh? any birds <laughs> All right, just um before we wrap up, man. Yeah. Um, just this conversation, bro. This corridor's been awesome, bro. I've got yeah. some cheeks just, bro, from laughing. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I've had a, like an absolute blast. Like it's kind of, it's kind of nice to talk to people. Uh, like now you kind of forget that this is going to go on a podcast. It's just like having a chat with your mate, and yeah, uh, it's been awesome, man. It's nice to get to get like my, I don't know, a bit about me. You know, it's not you're not just a person that replies to dms in the inbox you know you're like an actual you're an actual human human yeah and my name's not percy yeah can be percy but it's not percy um yeah i guess just the last thing i wanted to give you the last word mate like is there anything that you wanted to say or share about what you do or you know something something it doesn't have to be advice doesn't have to be anything inspirational but just just to give you the opportunity your last word I don't like uh, respect people on social media is the big one. Um, cool. People, awesome. people, we all run businesses behind here. Um, we're all trying to like, it's not a rat race and we can all work better as a community together. And I think this podcast is the perfect, a perfect, everyone does the Instagram lives and we all sell stuff on there, but having like a chat and getting people to open up about why they do it, what they love about it uh adds more substance to people's business and their instagram and it's very easy just to be like i know that guy from instagram but you don't actually know that guy from instagram Mm. like putting i like to think that there's a few pages out there that really put their like heart and their personality into their pages it's not about making money it's about providing content that brings other people joy and to respect to respect those people behind those pages and it's not about being like finding more grails in this guy or like i've got a better op shop lady than you like <laughs> it's uh 
we're all in this together and if we can all work together everybody wins yeah man like everybody wins like no matter whether you're you've got 50 followers or you've got 20,000 followers there's no that's just a number it doesn't mean shit like it doesn't matter how many followers you have you're you're still somebody that has mental health issues somebody that's got to try and find money for rent somebody that like fucking likes doing drugs whatever you know that's just a number everyone's a human behind it and by doing things like this and trying to open up and be better it's better for everybody like i don't know i get quite um yeah quite wound up sometimes in my own head just trying to be like everyone's competing everyone's doing this but actually like my wife's that perfect balance where i get to be like no no you know it's just a pay like that's just a number you're still like a nerd that likes shit that people say is for kids <laughs> you know like at the end of the day no one's better than anybody everyone's a human that's my my final word bro what a way to finish bro <laughs> beautiful poetic yeah. <laughs>